It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 3814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August 18th, 2000. I'm sorry, August 27th, 2015. Thank you for being with us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Great to be with you, Jacob. Good to be with you. And uh, Kyle is behind the boards again tonight. Glad to have you back, Kyle. And, uh, well, it's his third time. That's good. That's good. He's becoming a veteran. He's a veteran. He's a he's a. Uh, a seasoned veteran. And so with the third time, we, uh, well, you're going to have to talk tonight, Kyle. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, interesting program plan tonight. All right. We uh, we always send out an update on Thursday to let you know what our program is going to be. And I want just a little housekeeping here, Jacob. We want to tell everybody, again, we're still having some potential uh, issues with those of you who have Gmail accounts and you receive the update via the Gmail if that's the case, uh, we had a problem. We thought we had a workaround. Uh, if you're not getting our email in our, our email updates in your normal primary box, look in your up across the top. There's like three tabs. One is primary. One is social. One is promotions. Yes. Promotions is I think Gmail's uh, title for a spam filter, basically. Yeah. And some of our emails are still getting, by Gmail, getting identified as spam. They'll be in that promotions folder. Look there. If you find it there, we think that if you'll put your mouse cursor on that and I think I said right-click last night. It's left-click. Use your, your normal left-click on your mouse. Drag that over and and drop that email in your primary folder, and that should tell Gmail that you want it there and you should be getting it there. Okay. All right. So anyway, we sent out our, our update. And if you have problems, if that doesn't fix it, send us an email. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. We may have to change everything. Well, we, we don't want to. Do, oh man, we don't want to do that. Okay. All right. But we might. We might. We've changed everything plenty of times in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So tonight, what we want to talk about? We sent this out to our email update list earlier today. We want to talk about false ideas about God. Okay. And there's a whole bunch of them. Yes, so sir. I was interested. Yeah, that's. We won't a, get to spend a whole lot of time, but we're going to talk about atheism, pantheism, polytheism, deism, agnosticism. A whole lot of isms going on yes, there. Yes, yes. Uh, Islam's view of God, um, Mormonism's view of God, the Pentecostal view of God, the United Pentecostal, Oneness Pentecostals. Religious modernists, what they think about God, and Calvinists, what the Calvin, what Calvin's theories actually implied about God. Okay, these are going to be interesting. Yeah, you, we, these are you some terms that you hear thrown around, but maybe stop back and define them. Yeah, it should be an informative discussion. Yeah, just just as sort of a self test to everyone, and I I don't know that I could have before studying for this tonight. I don't know that I could have given a a concise definition of each one of those terms. And so it's a good study because we ought to be informed. These are prevalent concepts in the world, both historically and in the modern day. And so we, we need to have a, a good working knowledge of what those terminologies mean and how that reflects on the biblical concept of the true God. Yes, and so we'll look forward to that. I don't know that it's going to be controversial. But hopefully it'll be informative. Maybe not controversial, but informative. I'm going to say, I'm going to call it. I'm, not I'm sure a polytheist, I know, and I disagree with you. I doubt, I doubt we have any polytheists or pantheists. Maybe, probably not any deists. Uh, but there are some out there, and there certainly have been some historically, and it does us well to be informed about these positions. Yeah, so hopefully it's an informative uh, discussion for you tonight. We'll look forward probably to Probably more you. practically, Jacob, what we'll, when we get to the idea of uh, what the Pentecostals teach, what the Mormons teach, uh, and even what modernists are teaching about God, uh, those will probably be more practical. 
All right. uh, everyday kind of thing. 877-381-4567. You'd like to chime in on the phone tonight. Questions at collegeview.com on email. You can use that address anytime, by the way. You're listening to an archived version of the program. You just want to make a comment. Maybe you agree or disagree. Or if you just want to send us an email, tell us you listen. Questions at collegeview.com. And then if you're live tonight, the chat window to the bottom of your video feed is filling up there. So join in there with other listeners. I think it's going to be quiet in the chat room tonight. But uh, maybe you can prove us wrong. All right. Let's start out with the very first one, which probably one of the very easiest yes. ones. What is atheism? Yeah. I think right. everybody know, Everybody has a, a sense of atheism. That's people who don't believe in God. And the, the word itself right. and, and its roots show that theo or theos is God. Put an A in front of it, it means against God or no God. Mm-hmm. Uh, anti-God, so to speak. So the atheist is the person who does not believe there is a God. I think that's probably the easiest definition we'll have all night. Yeah, Jim in uh, Kentucky says belief that there is no God, no divinity, there's only man. He also puts in parentheses, humanists are atheists. Okay. All right. I I believe that. Good point. Uh, Chris in the U.K. says it's the opposite of theism. Unfortunately, they will not say emphatically what it is, for they deny belief statements but it has to be either the belief in no God or gods or no belief in gods or gods as they have this uh, meme. The meme. I just believe in one God. That's a, a meme is sort of a saying or a logo. Okay. logo. I just believe in one God less than you. Uh, it is not something they say they can know, though, as how can you scientifically, that is through knowledge garnered from your five senses, know the lack of anything until you've examined everything which they haven't, uh, and uh, haven't until the end of the universe has not, has not been reached yet, and there are areas of knowledge that have not been exhausted yet. I think I think Chris is really on an important track right there. An atheist cannot say definitively there is no God unless that atheist himself claims to be omnipotent and omnipresent. Claims omniscient. What I say? Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Well, maybe omnipotent. I meant omniscient. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but the idea is he has to either say, I know everything and I have been everywhere. I am everywhere. Because if he doesn't know everything, then what he doesn't know might be God. Yeah. If he has, if he's not everywhere simultaneously, then where he's not might be where God is. Right. And so the, the idea that Chris is, is suggesting there in his uh, email, I think, is exactly on the mark. You, you you can't say certainly that there is no God because you haven't you you don't know everything and you can't be everywhere and therefore what you don't know and where you aren't it just may be where God is. I mean the same thing a deer hunter couldn't go out in the, the woods and not see a deer and say there aren't any deer in this woods. Yeah, because he's not all he's uh, not, all, all deer. I'm convinced all deer have become extinct. Yeah, because where I was today. There were no deer. I'll go out you tomorrow. Know, and you, know, you know, all day today, I mean, I haven't been hunting today because it's not deer season, but, you know, I was around several places today. I didn't see any deer. Yeah. There, there are no deer. Yeah. You know, that just, that'd be as logical as, yeah. uh, as saying there is no God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about it, the arguments we make for the existence of God are what the, are what really the, the atheist cannot answer. And it, it is the idea of cause and effect. It's the idea of design and a designer. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4, the Hebrew writer says, Every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Very simple statement. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is you see something. If, if you drove down the road and you saw a nice house on a hillside there, you say, I wonder who built that house. Yeah. You know that somebody built that house because it's obvious. It's, it's, it obviously didn't happen by itself. There's too much design uh, and craftsmanship involved. Uh, that had to be made by someone. But that that feeble house that man makes and won't last is uh, is pale by comparison to the the world, the universe, uh, all that God has created. Uh, the atheist really has no place to stand. The atheist has no argument to offer. It's it is a it's a weak uh, it's it's really a faith system, but a very weak one. It, ha- it, it well, it requires a whole lot more faith, I believe, than the faith of God, because you have to believe that everything that's in the world today happened by chance, and and so many things had to happen by chance simultaneously to yeah. get to where we are today. Yeah, the whole periodic table had to be formed 
simultaneously by chance. Yeah. Uh, certain aspects of life would have, ha- by definition, had to happen simultaneously by chance. It just, it, it, it's, an, it's, it's, it's too it, incredible it to is. believe. It is. Yeah, it's just absolutely too incredible to believe. All right. Okay. All right. So again, I think that's probably a very easy one. We're all good with, with the definition of atheism. Want to see what we got? Anything in the uh, chat room? Uh, four seven four seven eighty five is looking forward to the talk on Mormonism. Uh, says I've had many M- Mormon missionaries approach me where I work. I part time manage an ice cream store, and the owner owner is Mormon. The man doesn't seem to be deeply involved in Mormonism, but I know he occasionally goes to a Mormon church. He allows the missionaries free ice cream once a week. Oh wow! So they all come in a lot. Uh, we've had some interesting conversations, to say the least. Okay, well, we're going to get to Mormonism and their false view of God here in just a little bit yeah. if we, toward the more second half of the program. Uh, I see in the chat room Arthur saying he's not getting anything. I uh, guess others are because I'm not uh, seeing anything else. You put in there, anybody else having trouble, and nobody has responded. If, if you're having trouble getting our audio or video, uh, you can't respond. then you yeah. probably wouldn't know that I'm asking right. that question. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if, you're, if you're doing good, you might let us hear that too. All right, so let's move on to the second one. A little, a little, okay. uh, a little more difficult. Something that we don't talk about very often. We talk about pantheism. Yes, pantheism is the notion that the essence of deity permeates everything. Everything is God. God oh. is everywhere. God is everything. I thought pantheism was had something to do with kitchen utensils. Or no, something. no. Uh, it's oh. the cons- uh, uh, Actually, pantheism, although that's a really ancient notion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's had a resurgence in the modern-day New Age movement. Yeah, okay, yeah. Here, I got a quote here from a, a New Ager. This, the, this New Ager said, In a sense, there is no such thing as God. God does not exist. And in another sense, there is nothing else but God. Only God exists. All, all is God. And because all is God, there is no God. Whoa, I'm getting dizzy. Yeah, I don't know about you, but that, that, that statement... Is senseless. I mean, it, it, there's no meaning to that. The person who said that probably thought that that was the most intellectual thing anybody ever came up with. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, we know that God is eternal. Uh, look at Psalm 90 and verse 2. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So, God is not the mountain. The mountain is not God. God was before the mountain. God yeah. made the mountain, but the mountain is not God. Yes. That's what that, God is eternal. He's the, he's the creator of everything. Uh, he is, I think the word we would use is transcendent to the physical universe. He's not, a, he's not in this physical universe in the sense that he is of the nature of this physical universe, right. made of the likes of this. He made the universe, but he is transcendent to the universe. Uh, notice what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, verse 22. Talking about some of the godless people of that day, he said, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That sort of sounds like that statement I just read from the New yes. Ager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> professing yeah. themselves to be yeah, wise, they became point. fools. Yeah. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like into corruptible man, into birds, into four-footed beasts and creeping things. Get that? They changed the glory. They made him like... Birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. All Wherefore, things God gave the, also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So I, I think that description very well pins down uh, this false idea of pantheism. What we got in our emails, Jacob? Uh, we have uh, Jim, or I'm sorry, Chris. Chris explains it a little bit. He says, pan is all, so everything is God. This email is God. The phone I wrote it on is God. I am God. Your sound deck, etc. I could go on, uh, literally go on indefinitely. What are they God of? As they, That would be God too. Plus gods would be consuming gods, giving birth to gods, making the term God meaningless as I can't have it as, a, as God as well as it have me as God and then burn, eat, or drink another God to keep this God going. So, so I think Chris is a lot of tongue-in-cheek yeah, there. He's right. showing how ridiculous the concept is. Jim in Kentucky says simply seeing God in everything. That's what pantheism is. God is in the rocks. He's in the trees and so forth. 
If I worship the mountain, I am worshiping God. That's what the pantheist does. We see the obvious flaw of that. But again, I think even Scripture, I think that text in Romans chapter 1, uh, about verse 22 through 25, really addresses that notion and condemns it. All right. We're going to go get a break. And when we get back, polytheism, deism, and we'll see how far we get. Maybe get agnosticism in there, but I don't know. Okay. All right. We'll get I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get a break. And when we get back, we'll take your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Trent Haynes, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a reminder about the update mailing list for the virtual Bible study. Every Thursday, shortly after noon, an email message is sent out with information about the topic for discussion on that evening's program. You're invited to start sending feedback and comments that are then included during the broadcast. If you'd like to be added to our update list, just send a message to questions at collegeview.com and put add me to the list in the subject line. That's all there is to it. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Grace is giving to another what they don't deserve. Mercy is not giving to another what they do deserve. External criteria such as money and numbers have never been the biblical measure of a church's success. Faithfulness, godliness, and spiritual commitment are the virtues God esteems. The church at Laodicea was affluent but asleep, materially rich but spiritually poor, outwardly impressive but spiritually empty. Great indeed are our opportunities. Great also is our responsibility. Man, wish I'd said that. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about false ideas about God. So far, atheism, the belief that there is no God. Pantheism, belief that everything is a God. And now on to polytheism. Polytheism. That one's that one should be easy to define. Again, just looking at the root yeah. of the word. Yeah. Theism, theos, yeah. theo, God, poly, many. Many gods. That's pretty easily defined, okay. just taking the word apart. Yep. Polytheism is just that. It is a belief in many gods. Now, that, that has been, of course, through history, a common thing. Yes. That different pagan uh, cultures worshipped multiple gods. We read about it in the New Testament. Probably the classic place in the New Testament was when Paul was in the city of Athens in Acts right. chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, it says, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idols. Um, and then he, skipping down to verse 22, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. In other words, they had gods for everything, even to the extent they were afraid they forgot one. So they put up another one just in case we don't want to make any gods yeah. mad. Yeah. We'll have a god to the, we'll have an idol to the unknown god. They were god. so open-minded they want to catch them all. Yep. And so uh, certainly uh, Chris in the UK says poly is many, basically the belief in a multiple amount of deities like Hinduism, Mormonism comes later he says, Norse, Roman and Greek pantheons also. They they are uh, hierarchical and seem to be ones of convenience. So get, get what he means there. There's a there's an order or rank. There's the, there's a high god, and then there's lesser gods. Yeah. They're all gods, but they have they have rank. That's what he means by hierarchy. And he says they seem to be ones of convenience. For where is something needed to be governed, give it to God. Give it a God. Oh, give it a God. I'm sorry. Even if we find out a bit, uh, their field of influence wind up clashing. So yeah. So I guess you you keep adding, and then you've got then you've got overlap, guys. and then and then of course in some of that pagan theism there were wars between the gods, you know, war, sort of fighting for turf, I guess. Yep. Uh, Jim has an interesting take on it. He says it, polytheism is a belief in many gods. Notice what he says: many people who suggest that all religions lead to God are actually teaching polytheism. Yeah, because think about because that the, the true God is the God of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, but if all religions lead to heaven, or all religions lead to God, there must be different gods because Hindu, the God, Buddha. yeah, Hindus, Hindus, in fact, do have numerous gods, yeah. and uh, the Hindu religion, of course, not very prevalent in our part of the world, but it's growing. There's more and more Hindus in America, but in certain parts yeah. of the world, obviously, they're the, the the majority, and so, but they believe in multiple gods. But, but that, but if if these. Uh 
postmodernist uh, ecumenical type folks who say you just any way that you want to believe is fine. It'll all lead to God. Well, then, they, as Jim has said, then they're actually teaching polytheism. Exactly right. Okay. Um, it's interesting in James chapter two, verse nineteen. James chapter two, verse nineteen. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Even the devils know that there's just one God. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, so this idea, yeah. the condemnation of polytheism is pretty obvious. Right. If we believe in the one true God, then obviously there can't be other gods. All right. All right. Uh, on to the next. All right. So we've talked about atheism, pantheism, polytheism. Now let's talk about deism. Yes. Now that... You know, now this is one I needed a little help with definition about. I've heard of deists. I actually think that in my reading, and I haven't done extensive reading on this, but I think that a number of our founding forefathers in America were deists. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a deist is one who acknowledges that there must be some supreme being, but denies that we can know anything really about him, Denies the certainly denies the biblical concept of God, uh, a deist believes that there is a God, but that God that, that that God, that supreme being, does not intervene in the affairs of men. It's sort of like the the, the watchmaker. He wound the watch up and he set it there to let it run, and he, it's on he's its gone. Own. It's on its own. Yeah. And that's sort of the idea of deism. Yeah. Uh, I have a quote here from a French deist, Joseph Joubert. He said, God has withdrawn within himself and hidden within the bosom of, bosom of his own being. In other words, God, if there's God, there must be a God, but he's, he's backed off. He's, he's hiding. He's not, he's not participating here. All right. Uh, interesting. Uh, Chris in the UK, I'm, I'm sorry, Jim says, uh, belief in God, but not believing that he has given us his word. There is a God. We just don't know anything about him. The Bible is not his word. That's what Jim says. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. They would, a deist would specifically deny that God interacted with man in such ways to reveal himself through the scripture. He wouldn't do, God wouldn't do that. A deist would not accept the Bible because he says that's this, this supreme being, whoever he is, is not communicating with us. And we could look at the characteristics of the Bible and, uh, go back to some of those evidences for inspiration of the Bible. And if the Bible is a book that could not have been produced by men, then it must have been produced by God, God, and that would destroy the position of the deist. All right. Uh, Chris in the U.K. says, the God who has a world or universe system that is like a spinning top, he just winds it up, gets it started as to what happens then. He is just an innocent bystander of it merely observing. So why pray to him or praise him for anything as it seems to be purely circumstantial that it occurred? Thank you, Chris. All right. All right. So, uh, again, I think that's a good one. That's a good one to know. And like I say, maybe in some of your reading, you'll find that some of the really well-known uh, founding fathers of America were in that camp. They believed in the supreme being. That was that's reflected even in a Declaration of Independence and yeah. uh, and uh, in our Constitution. So they they acknowledged a supreme being, but they didn't believe that he was interacting. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. On to the next. On to the next. Agnosticism. And this, and this may be one of those is growing in popularity. Uh, agnosticism, again, it's kind of interesting words because the words sort of define themselves. Gnosis is to know. Mm-hmm. A in front of it means not to know. Mm-hmm. Agnostic, one who does not know. And an agnostic is is exactly that. An agnostic uh, does not deny that there's a God. He just says that he can't know for sure. There's not enough evidence. Can't draw a conclusion. He's just he's he's uncertain. He doesn't know. Okay. He's agnostic. Yeah. He's sure, but he's sure not going to worship a god that he doesn't believe can be proved to exist. He believes there's just not enough evidence. How, how, and so since since the agnostic says to himself, I can't be sure. There's not there's no evidence to prove it. So it might be, but I can't prove that it's so. I'm sure not going to go out of my way to do service to a God that I can't even prove exists. Yeah. Uh, Chris in the UK uh, says, A, the alpha prefix, which negates the thing following. Gnosticism is from gnosis to know. Uh, So it is the I don't know opinion of theology. And if the atheist was honest, this is actually where he is. For to say you don't have enough evidence to back up a belief is more credible 
Then the statement to stay, I am sure that there be none. Alas, what does this do for you? Surely the scientific one can't say not knowing, but has to search to find what he does not know. And I trust God will be the reward, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, and certainly he um, uh, references the fact that to, to have faith, you've got to know God. Hebrews 11, 6. To be pleasing to God, you've got to have faith. Uh, and so the agnostic simply cannot be pleasing to God. Yeah. Um, and then Jim says, belief that if there is a God, he has not revealed himself. We can know nothing about him. There could be a God, but there's no way of knowing. So they don't want to okay. deny. They won't deny it, and they won't argue with you that there isn't a God. But uh, they just certainly can't be convinced. Okay, guess twenty. Back to Deist just for a minute. Guess twenty-seven sixty-two gives us a little historical perspective on. It. I appreciate this. The denominational affiliations of these men were a matter of public record. Among the delegates were 28 Episcopalians, 8 Presbyterians, 7 Congregationalists, 2 Lutherans, 2 Dutch Reformed, 2 Methodists, 2 Roman Catholics, 1 Unknown, and only 3 Deists, Williamson, Wilson, and Franklin. This at a time when church membership entailed a sworn public confession of biblical faith. And so uh, he gets that from uh, Christianity and the Constitution by John Eldsmo. Uh, gives the reference there. So thank, thank you, thank that. you, 2762. Appreciate it. You we'll assumed it's a he. Could it be a she there? That's right. And um, uh, Arthur's, uh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Um, all right, so again, are, are we confronting agnostics today? I think yes. I think so. I think a lot of people in our culture are agnostic. They're not They're not going to take the strong stand of the atheist and say there is no God. Yeah. But they're going to say, oh, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't believe in God. There might be a God, but I don't. I don't believe in God. I don't. I, I don't think it can be proved that there's a God, and and uh, so you know, I, I just don't know. I'm not. I'm non-committal, but I'm sure not going to do anything because I don't. I don't know. Yeah. All right. And uh, uh, you know, Romans chapter one again. You already referenced this, but verse twenty uh, or verse uh, eighteen: For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. It, it's not hard to get rid of this problem of not knowing. God's made it clear by his creation. Exactly right. Uh, you know, even some so-called Christian authors are taking this position that well, we admit that you can't really prove God. We believe in God, but just because we just but we acknowledge that it's not a provable thing. Well, that's 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 agnosticism. They call themselves Christians, but to admit that they don't think God can be proved is agnosticism. That's a dangerous thing. There, some of some of our listeners probably are familiar with John Clayton. I've been getting a bulletin or a little publication from John Clayton for thirty years or more, and he. He argues against evolution. He argues, you know, in favor of God. But he is even on record as saying uh, that there is really no such thing as absolute truth or proof from a purely logical standpoint. Well, that's agnosticism. And, yeah. you know, he should know better than that. Yeah. All right. As, uh, as Chris referenced in his email, Hebrews 11, verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him not that well i don't know for sure yeah. or i've got no way to prove it but i'm i've got to believe it i've got to be believe, fully convinced believe and that he and, is. and as we've often said on the virtual bible study it's not a a blind leap of faith no it's a it's a decision based upon evidence we yeah. believe the evidence is there to firmly draw the conclusion that there is a God and he is the God of, that's described and identified who reveals himself in the Bible. All right. Uh, we're going to get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. We're going to talk about Islam. Now, I thought it, that the Muslims worship the same God as the Christians and the Jews. We don't think so. We'll talk about that. All right. We'll talk about that on the other side. And then we'll get into the discussion of Mormonism. Uh, we'll want you to be here for that as well. So don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this week's bullet point. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. 
We know a man whose mechanical abilities, by his own admission, lie somewhere between non-existent and totally inept. His wife says he should have been born, quote, before the Industrial Revolution. Wow. On Father's Day, his family gave him a new hammer. His happy reaction was, quote, with a big enough hammer, you can fix anything. We could say a lot about that, but let me simply say this. Please don't let that man work on my car. I think that too often we may exhibit this big hammer mentality when it comes to certain problems in the church. We sometimes think that hitting hard and quick will solve any problem, but that's simply not true. To justify our actions, we turn to passages like Galatians 2, where Paul, in dealing with the Judaizing teacher, said, quote, He gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. That's Galatians 2.5. Or when he withstood Peter, quote, to the face because he was to be blamed. Galatians 2, verse 11. Please understand that certain situations demand this kind of quick and decisive action. Paul was clearly in the right when he responded immediately and forcefully in these instances. There are times when we will need to imitate his conduct. But do not forget that Paul was also, quote, gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7. And he taught us to be, quote, kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, Ephesians 4, verse 32. Sometimes we need to use the big hammer approach, but other situations require patience and a long-suffering nature. We pray that God will give us the wisdom to know the difference. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Jared in Warwickshire, England. Listen to the chat from the virtual Bible study each Thursday night. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the program tonight, and we do remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And as the announcer mentioned there, there are archives of the Virtual Bible Study on that website, but not just archives of the Virtual Bible Study, archives of recent sermons presented to the College View Church of Christ, uh, archives of our recent community Bible studies on Islam and on uh, homosexuality, as well as other important information there. Find out more about us at thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and if you've got any questions at any time, questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. Better yet, come and worship with us if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area. Find out about our meeting place and times at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We're talking about false ideas of God, and there are many false ideas about God. Uh, We're talking about uh, those on the program. We've gotten to the false ideas that the Muslims hold about God. All right, let's talk about Islam. You said before the break, Jacob, that the Islamists, try to suggest to us that they worship the same God we worship. Yeah. All right. But what they teach about God is wholly inconsistent, completely different than the God we read about in the Bible. Here's a quote uh, from uh, one of their documents. Uh, quote, who has n- God is a solitary person, quote, who has no son nor partner and that none has the right to be worshipped but him alone. He's the true God, and every other deity is false. Well, by saying that, they're denying the deity of Jesus Christ and the deity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, of course, that can't be so. That can't. Therefore, their God is not our God, because our God has a son, Jesus, and his Holy Spirit uh, is the agent through which he, he has revealed himself in, in the written word. Uh John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, without Him was not anything made that was made. Skipping down to verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was God. Jesus is God. When we use the word God that way, we're not talking about God the Father. We're saying God in the sense of deity. Jesus is deity. Jesus is God. And so if the if the Muslims deny the deity of Jesus, they're denying deity. Yeah. So their God's not the same as our God. Yeah, and uh, in uh, you, uh, Chris in the UK says, the followers of Allah, I guess he's, he's quoting the, the Koran there, I think, the followers of Allah, and you shall not say three or even say that he has a son. Uh, he goes on and says, in some version of versions of the Quran, he uh, is the chief of all deceivers. Who can put his trust in one like that? Uh, so um, there again, saying there is uh, God does not have a son, uh, that the Holy Spirit is not God, 
Uh, and um, certainly it's a different God than the scriptures teach. All right. Um, in Acts chapter 5, just, just for point of reference in Jack, Acts chapter 5, um, when Ananias and Sapphira schemed to lie about the contribution they made in Acts yes, chapter 5, right. in verse, chapter 5, verse 3, Peter said to Ananias, Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? to keep back part of the price of the land. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Right. He lied to the Holy Ghost. He lied to God. Yeah, one and the same, yeah. synonymous. Yeah. All right. Uh, 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 Jim in Kentucky says, uh, Islam's belief is that God has revealed himself to Muhammad, his final and greatest prophet, and that his word can only be understood by reading it in Arabic. Men have two choices, surrender in total obedience now or be put to death. Unless you pay tribute, then your death will be put off for a while. They reject Jesus Christ. Uh, they reject the Bible as God's word. They reject the gospel as God's revelation to the world. Uh, they desire to bring the world into total subjection and Sharia law by use of terrorism and the sword. Okay. So all of that is Jim's definition of Islam. I think it's right. Interestingly, so I think... If, uh, among those listening to our program, we'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, those Islamists, they're way, way, way wrong. You know, there's some other religious groups that are teaching effectively the same thing about God, that there's just one God, that, that Jesus is not eternal, Jesus is a created being, right. and really that the Holy Spirit is not even a, a being at all. Yeah. And when I mention that, I'm thinking of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. That's their position. Isn't it interesting? I think many Jehovah's Witnesses would be flabbergasted if we said, look at that. The Jehovah's Witnesses are teaching the same thing about God that Islam is teaching about God. Interesting. Uh, Kevin uh, says, Dr. Don Patton is with me uh, as they listen together in Hot Springs tonight. And, and he suggests that the Muslim has the same view of God as Abraham. And perhaps they could clarify that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, let us know what you mean by that. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm not tracking cool. on that just exactly. Okay. So. All right, let us know what you're, what you're expound on that, please, if you would. All right, um, well, uh, certainly those of the Muslim faith are not uh, worshiping the same God that those of the Christian faith are. What about the Mormons? Now, somebody earlier in the chat room said they were anxious to hear about what the Mormons believe about God. Uh, it's actually pretty bizarre concept of God taught by Joseph Smith. Of course, Joseph Smith was the one who claimed to have found those golden plates, uh, and then an angel came and helped him translate those plates. And so this was a, a, a latter-day revelation, and Joseph Smith was the one through whom it came. But here's what he said. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity, I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. Whoa. Uh, they go on. The, in Doctrines and Covenants, they argue that, quote, God has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. Wow. So they believe that God is a physical being, yeah. flesh and bones, and that he has not existed from all eternity. There you go. Uh, again, I think a lot of Mormons would probably be surprised at at, at that description of their belief. And isn't the ultimate uh, goal in Mormonism to become a god yourself? Am I correct on that? I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, the, uh, we already referenced Psalm 90, verse 2, which says, you know, that God is eternal, uh, that he created all things. He's not a man, Hosea 11, verse 9, he, who possesses flesh and blood, Matthew 16, 17. Mm-hmm. He's a spirit being. John 4, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So when the Mormons teach that he is has not always existed and that he actually has a physical body of flesh and bones, they're just way missing it from from the biblical point of view. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's see. We've got uh, Jim who says Mormonism, uh, God has revealed himself to a charlatan who then transformed translated God's word from ancient Egyptian and English. That's why it's supposedly went on those golden plates. By looking through a glass and a hat uh, to further reference see, uh, okay, he <laughs> see, see fairy tales. Yeah, right. Uh, he says, God exists on the planet Kolob. Uh, they believe it is possible to pray to God uh, to be convinced uh, that you, you, you need the book of, you need to believe the Book of Mormon, which mean that, means that God will not only hear the prayers of sinners, but also answer them. 
Uh, like the Muslim, they believe that their prophet is God's true prophet, and they reject the Bible as God's only revelation, suggesting their Book of Mormon is more correct than the Bible. They claim that Native Americans are actually members of a long-lost tribe of the nation of Israel. Yeah, they got some really bizarre beliefs okay. along that line. Okay. And um, and let's see here. We've got uh, Chris in the U.K., uh, who says that um, Elohim who formed the world universe out of pre-existing material, who resides on a star by the planet Kolob, who by logic of their system had to have been a man once and then achieved exaltation granted to him by his God, and so on would that go, leading to a potentially infinite number of gods in the Mormon universe. That's what you were saying earlier. Yeah, eclipsing Hinduism's three-plus million uh, gods. Uh, and we can be gods, too, in the same way of exaltation, to quote uh, Lorenzo Snow, as God was, so man is, as God is, so man may become. Uh, and so he said he could stop there, but there is much more. Thank you, Chris, yeah. for that. So uh, of all the things that we've talked about tonight, that, that Mormon view may, in fact, be the most bizarre uh, very, very strange, peculiar. Yeah, and uh, uh, on to uh, Dr. Patton's uh, comments there from Kevin. He says uh, how the Muslims are the same, have the same view of God as Abraham. He's uh, Abraham didn't necessarily know about Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Okay, and that, and with what he had been revealed. So, okay, yeah, thank you for that. All right, thank Good. you. All right, all right. So we we have talked about atheism, pantheism, polytheism, deism, agnosticism, and Islam and Mormonism. We've got three left. Uh, let's, let's, well, I don't even know if we can, can dive into that deep enough. Let's go ahead and take a break. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we've got to hit United Pentecostalism, Religious Modernism, and Calvinism. Yeah, United Pentecostalism is equated with the Oneness Pentecostal. And, uh, you've heard about that. What do they believe and how is it incorrect? We'll talk about that when we get back. And I'm interested into in learning about this Calvinistic view of God that's wrong. And we we'll hope you'll uh, listen into that as well. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Me again, Mike Smith at the College of Church of Christ. Let me ask you some more questions. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seem more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach them the truth? Does it seem that sermons you are, te- you are hearing each week could as easily be given in a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin, that at the end of the sermon you knew, by book, chapter, and verse, what the preacher was talking about and why? Well, we're still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. We invite you to investigate for yourself. Please come and see the Sunday at the College of Church of Christ at 9.30 a.m. on Hampshire Pike. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Nearly 9 out of 10, 88% of Americans own a Bible. On average, American Bible owners have 3.5 Bibles in their home, and one quarter of Bible owners, 24%, have six or more. The number of American adults who are engaged with Scripture, those who believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God with no errors and who read the Bible four times a week, has stayed relatively constant at about 20%. That information is via the Barna Group. The Word of God says in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the program tonight, going to the top of the hour, talking about false views of God. And uh, back when we were talking about the agnostic idea, Kyle, who's behind the boards tonight during a break, had mentioned something. We forgot to get it back then, but uh, Kyle, I, I did like your comment because I think it is very accurate. The the agnostic view you said sort of goes with our modern society's outlook on things. Uh, definitely, it's like a, it's just the apathetic is nobody wants to take the effort to seek the truth, so they want to just you know put it aside. They're just not gonna, they're just not gonna focus on that. Yeah. They're just gonna try to live in their life. They're not gonna live it for now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. Just go on. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Kyle. All right, good comment. All right, so we got three left here. We want to hit, and and uh, so what did we do? We did. We got. Ten different false views of God that we're covering here in a short period of time. So obviously this is a little bit superficial treatment of a a lot of things more could be said about each one of these. But what about United Pentecostalism? Now the reason we have to identify the United Pentecostal Church as the one we're talking about here is because there's two different kinds of Pentecostals. There are 
Trinitarian Pentecostals yeah. who believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as three beings. But then there are the so-called oneness Pentecostals, and, and they are known, if you see a, a church building and it says United Pentecostal Church, you know that that's the oneness group. And they believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they got a different take on it. Their take on it is that Jesus is the same. He just manifests himself. Sometimes he manifests himself as the Father. Sometimes he manifests himself as the Son. Sometimes he manifests himself as the Holy Spirit. But there's just one being. He just... He just has different manifestations of himself. Uh, they, they, sometimes they refer to themselves as Jesus-only Pentecostals. Mm-hmm. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, when in the Great Commission, Jesus said, Go into all the world, teach... Uh, yep. I, always confu- I always get the t- Matthew and Mark, uh, uh, I, I combine the two statements. But in Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. You know what they say to that? They say, well, what is the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost? Jesus. They say Jesus. So you're just supposed to baptize in the name of Jesus. That's what they say. But there's all kinds of arguments. You know, and I I was just looking quickly, Jacob. I don't know that we've ever had a virtual Bible study just on the true nature of the Godhead. Yeah, we We might ought to do that that at some point. Right. But, you know, there's a whole host of arguments that prove that they cannot be the same being. Yeah. For instance, in Matthew chapter 24 at verse 36, when Jesus was talking about the hour of the coming, he said, of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. There was something the Father knew that Jesus didn't know. Yeah. How could they be the same being? Yeah. You know, uh, arguments like that are just abound. As in he the prayed in the garden, uh, let not my will, but thy will be done. Again, they, they know different things. They have different will. Uh, and uh, but they're perfectly united. They're united, but the, yeah. But but they they are distinct. They're distinct. Yes. You know, uh, in Matthew chapter, for instance, about the the Son and the Spirit, in Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty-two, Jesus said, "Whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come." Oh, you can be forgiven of a word against Christ, but you can't be forgiven. Uh, of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute. How, if they're the same, how could you make that statement? So you've delineated between the Father and the Son and the Son Holy and Spirit the Spirit and the Son. Yeah. Correct. So, uh, anyway, the, the, the Pentecostals, and again, we identify these as the United Pentecostals or maybe more maybe more generally just any of the oneness Pentecostals because I think there are more than just the... Sometimes you even see this represented UPC, United Pentecostal Church. They're the largest, and uh, but but I, I think that there are s- some other Pentecostal-type denominational groups that also hold to this oneness view. All right. All right. Uh, let us know your thoughts. If you got any in the chat room, we'll look forward to hearing from you there. So United Pentecostalism, oneness Pentecostalism. Quickly, uh, Jim in Kentucky says, believes there's only one being in the Godhead. The terms Father, Son, and Holy Spirit refer to the same one being. Denial of the idea of three personalities in the Godhead, which they refer to as the Trinity. They deny this. So, of course, Trinity is not a word, not or Trinitarianism, that's not a Bible word, but it's a word that's been used to describe the idea of three persons in the Godhead, three divine beings. All right. Uh, Go ahead. Chris in the UK talks about uh, this Pentecostal view of oneness. He traces it back to one of the originators of it, and it's known as Sabalianism, after a man who came up with this concept centuries ago, mm-hmm. more commonly known as modalism. M- modalism is the idea that God presents himself in different modes, mm-hmm. different manifestations. Mm-hmm. I was using the word manifestations. They use the word modes. Mm-hmm. That God is, one, is a one-man show, switching costumes throughout the act, being in one form at, at a time. It makes the baptism of Jesus interesting. It is right? interesting, yes. Well, you know what he's talking about there? Yeah. Three, pre- three manifestations at the same time. Right when Jesus was being baptized. He's in the water being baptized by John. Was he like throwing his the, voice in the The Father was in heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm yeah. well saved. And the Holy Spirit is descending in the form of a dove. That's what he's saying. Kind of, how, how, was this just uh, you know a magic trick of some kind? Yeah. Uh, some kind of deception going like a on? Puppet show or something, yeah. So, again, that's the idea of Pentecostalism. One is Pentecostalism. Okay. Let's go quickly to uh, religious modernism. Religious modernism. All right. Now, here, here's the idea that the modernist wants to present. Uh, the idea of the modernist is that 
truth is, is, is not absolute, that it sort of evolves over time. And in regards to God, that man's concept of God has evolved over time. Yes. And they would point back to the Old Testament and say, look at the God of the Old Testament. Now, he's, he's, a, he's a mean God. You know, he's, a, he's a violent God. He's a, he's a vengeful God. Bloodthirsty. Yeah. But then you look at the God of the New Testament... Well, he's a he's a loving God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the idea of the modernists is there is no real absolute truth that things just sort of evolve over time as 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 men sort of uh, mature, become more intellectually inclined. Their notions of God have changed, and therefore, the way that God is viewed has changed in time. Sort of to fit men in any given setting. Yeah, and we're. I mean, and some folks might deny that when you present it to them like that. But there certainly that's the view of many in the religious world today. That uh, well, God said this about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, but we understand differently now. Or homosexuality, uh, as so many in the religious world to say. Or whatever it may be, the role of women, yeah, whatever, whatever you want, you just say, well, that was old fashioned. Now we understand it better. Yeah, and the idea, you know, well, yeah, you could see the God of the Old Testament; he would condemn homosexuality because he was he was not a loving God. He was a mean, dictatorial, uh, vengeful kind of God. But the God of the New Testament, he's a loving God, and so he's not going to condemn a homosexual. You know, so that's that's the that's the way they go about it. Yeah, and that uh, that is their view of God. Like their view of everything is that it's not concrete, it's not absolute, that it's shifting in time. Yeah, and they like to go to the Old Testament and look at some extremes, uh, certain laws and regulations the Old Testament had, and then say, "Well, we don't do that today because we've changed and we learned better by the time we got to the New Testament." And therefore, if we could change from the Old Testament to the New Testament, then certainly we could change from the New Testament to the 21st century. Yeah, and of course it's all error. Their view of God in the Old Testament is wrong. God, God in the Old Testament was a loving God too. He, he certainly punished those who do wrong. He still is a God who will punish those who do wrong. Right. God is a God of justice. But there's some there's some beautiful passages like Psalm 23 in the Old Testament talks about God's goodness and loving care. There's all kinds of expressions in the Old Testament that describe God in that sense. Their the moral wrong. of the story is God has dealt with yeah. mankind differently over time, but God has not changed. Yeah. Uh, Chris UK says, I suppose this might be the acceptance of new age practices in the church or Christian mysticism, uh, that your conscience or angels are your guide in life rather than God's self-revelation through his word. Contemplative prayer and labyrinth walking along with the law of attraction. Basically, what has the things of darkness have in fellowship with the things of light? I'm not, I'm not sure that Chris is exactly on the same wavelength we are there, but uh, that may Certainly be Certainly some problems that yeah. he notes. Yeah. And uh, Jim in Kentucky says a belief in God, but the rejection that there is any standard. The Bible can be used as a guide, but it was not meant to be. Situation ethics can form the basis for rationale. Religious modernism is liberalism and looks at those who teach the Bible as the only standard as Pharisees. How many times have we heard that? Well, you're just being a Pharisee. Yeah. Or a legalist, because yeah. you demand that we follow what the Bible says. Yeah. Uh, he goes on and says, this leads people to think that anything can be can bring about a good result. Or anything that can bring about a good result is okay. Situation ethics. If, if offering food to get people to come to worship will get them to come and eventually lead them to being saved, then it's okay. In rejecting the Bible as a standard, one can provide for women to become deacons and elders and preachers. Elders can be any man or woman without meeting scriptural qualifications. There is no pattern found in Scripture for anything. It's all it's all fluid. It's, it's all changeable. Basically, what you do is you elevate yourself to the point of God where yeah. you can make up your mind as to yeah. what's right and what's but, wrong. But you can see how they wouldn't have an absolute sense of God. Their their view of God then is also moldable to yeah. the moment. Yeah. All right. All right. Real quickly then, let's go to Calvinism. We had ten ideas, ten false ideas of God, and Calvin had false ideas of God. Not that very long ago, we did a program. Uh, we've done more than one on Calvinism and the very ten- various tenets of Calvinism. Yes, right. uh, Jim, in, in uh, his email from Kentucky, reminds us of the TULIP, an acronym, uh, acronym rather, ac- uh, Total Depravity T, Unconditional Election U, Limited Atonement L, Direct Operation. Uh, what? No, he's, that's not uh, uh, imputed righteousness uh, uh, and the. Uh, uh, 
Perseverance of the Saints. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Jim. But yeah, okay, yeah. He turned me off. He expressed it differently. Yeah. Um, the one, the one that I think represents Calvin's false view of God, Jacob, is that God is a God who predetermines people to salvation and damnation. That's not the God of the Bible. You know, Calvin uh, taught, and this is a quote from uh, his Institutes of Christian Religion. Uh, he said, quote, no one who wishes to be thought religious dares outright to deny predestination by which God chooses some for the hope of life and condemns others to eternal death. All right, so we've got a problem here. Now, some uh, who are not Calvinistic, including us, would say God wants all to be saved. Calvin says, no, God didn't want everybody to be saved. He just wanted a few people to be saved. So that's a different God, then. That is a different God, a totally different God, in a different way that he views mankind. Uh, And lots of passages we could use to refute every one of uh, Calvin's tenets, but especially these that that relate to God. For instance, the idea of God has chosen you, he's not chosen me, contradicts with so many scriptures. 2 John 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, so as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So here I have a picture of a God who looks down on mankind and says, I would like them all, in the in entirety. That's the Bible God. To be saved. Okay. So that's the biblical right. God. As John Calvin views God, God looks down on the world and says, no, nah, I, I just I don't like him. I, I'm going to just say he's going to, He's going to hell. I don't care what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so that's a different God. Different God. The, the God of the Bible is the God who in, sec, or in 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's the God of the Bible. Yeah. But that's not Calvin's God for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, the the other maybe one other aspect of Calvinism that misses the mark about God, the, the the Calvinistic view of God is that once a person is saved, God won't ever condemn them to be lost. In other words, once He takes saved, away always. their free will. Yeah, so once saved, always saved. Well, that's not the, that's not the God of the Bible either, because. Galatians 5, verse 4, teaches that we can fall from grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the God of the Bible says all men can be saved. Calvin says, no, some can't. The God of the Bible says that you can be lost even if you have been saved. But Calvin says his God won't condemn anyone to be lost who was once saved. So they're, they're different gods. That, that, and that's what we're trying to highlight uh, in, in our in our study tonight, that's been the purpose of our exercise is to show that people have come up with a whole variety of false notions about God. What we got to do, Jacob, is go back to the Bible and learn what the Bible teaches us about God. That's what that's what this is all about. We need to know the God of the Bible. If there is this supreme being that the deists teach, they say, well, yeah, we think there's a supreme being, but we don't know anything about him because he just wound up everything and set it aside and he, he, he left the scene. No. There is a God. He created everything. He's revealed himself to us in the Bible. We need to take that revelation, learn of him, learn about him, and especially learn what he wills for us so that we can be with him in eternity. Absolutely. A very important study. Lots of false uh, views, as you've said. We talked about atheism, pantheism, the idea that everything is God, polytheism, that there are many gods, deism, well, there is a God, but... He's not having any interaction with his creation. Agnosticism, though, we don't know for sure if there's a God or if there isn't. The idea that Islam has of God is certainly not the God that we read about in the Bible. Denying Jesus uh, and the Spirit. spirit. Uh, Mormonism, again, that uh, God was once a man. That he lives on a planet out there. He has a body of flesh and bones. All right. And uh, the United Pentecostalism, they're oneness. Jesus Jesus only. only. And then religious modernism says, well, it's all sort of... uh, It's like jello. It's mushy. You can can mold it however you want. It used to be we thought this, but now we don't think that anymore. And then Calvinism, the idea that has so many things that are contrary to what God says about himself in his revealed work. Exactly right. All right, good to study tonight. Appreciate the comments. Appreciate you for being in the chat room, for you listening, whether live or in Arthur, the Arthur tonight. finally got his computer working, and we were glad for it. Thank you. He said he got it working by unplugging it. Well, I wonder, I wonder it back if... Back in. Uh, yeah, he surely plugged it back in so. after he unplugged yeah. it. But I wonder that if some others might solve a problem that way, too. Maybe, maybe you're... Video player is not up and working until the computer. Maybe you need to reboot, reboot your computer and get well, your we'll video. We'll work on player. that for next yeah. week.
Yeah, Kyle, excellent job again tonight. Thank you for being here. Glad to have you. And, uh, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.